Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mixed Pixel Podcast. I am Bill Conway, and today we have a very special episode that will only exist once. Uh, not only because it's you can't really have two of the same episodes of a podcast, but also because this is the only episode where I will be coming at you by myself. Uh, it's been a very uh, busy weekend uh, for the members of Mixed Pixel, and um, it's going to be a very um, t- uh, tough um undertaking to get an episode recorded w- within Monday and Tuesday so I-, I wanted to have something up uh for consistency's sake and one might ask you know d- you know don't do it at all if it isn't done right but I-, I think you know is there a wrong way to do a podcast is there a wrong way to talk into a microphone and put it on the internet because when you break it down at the end of the day that's all a podcast is so I'm not doing it wrong I don't think I don't think I'm doing it wrong uh, but this is the Mixed Pixel Podcast. Usually, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rob Trainee and Jose Latentia, and we talk about video games, movies, anime, TV, usually just video games. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so I hope you guys are having a great Monday uh, so far. I hope it doesn't suck. Um, if it sucks, I hope this makes it better. Uh, if the fact that it's just me here makes it worse, uh, then uh, I, I... You know, I don't say sorry enough in my day-to-day life. I, I think... Uh, saying sorry, I don't find myself in many opportunities, uh, you know, to to say it. You know, I don't do many things that slight other human beings, which I think is something to be proud of. But maybe it says uh, something about the amount that I interact with human beings on a day to day basis. Because I think everyone should say sorry now and again, even if it's phoning up a friend who you haven't talked to in ten years because of something you did ten years ago. You should call them up and say sorry. You know, I, I think about that. Maybe, maybe I'll think about that. I'll think about some people I've slighted in the past. You know, just to say it. Like I said, I think everyone should say it, but uh, but no, I'm gonna talk about some uh, some stuff I've been doing in video games, stuff that maybe wouldn't necessarily work in conversation with the guys, you know, so something maybe we can't um, relate to uh, on a on a on a trio level right now, or or maybe just stuff that you know it, I don't think would be interesting to hear the guys talk about. Um, but maybe I'm maybe I'm giving these topics too little credit. I think maybe they they could very easily be discussed amongst. Amongst everyone, but but I'm just I'm just doing it because I've got no one else around. Uh, anyway, I've been playing Persona Five. Uh, we've talked about Persona Five on the last two episodes. Uh, besides Persona, I really haven't been playing much. Uh, you know, in terms of news, you know, there's those rumors about the Super Nintendo Mini or the SNES Classic, whatever the hell it's going to be called. Uh, that's probably the one I would be most interested in buying, but I'd rather talk about that with the guys because I, I think the Super Nintendo holds a place in all of our hearts, more so than the NES. I think it was more our time than the NES. Uh, there aren't games on the NES that we can all hold near and dear, but, you know, SNES has you know, Donkey Kong Country and and the, the good old Final Fantasies and, you know, Porky Pig. I forget the name of the game, but it was a great game, Porky Pig. Had, you know, you got to step on uh, octopus heads and stuff as Porky. It was great. Uh, graphics are vivid. You know, it's like if you flip on the television uh, and you really wanted to to watch a Porky Pig cartoon, but it wasn't on, you could pop that game in and like, whoa, I'm watching Porky Pig. It's unbelievable. The music, the voice, sounded, sounded just like Porky. I don't know who they got the VO of the Porky Pig game, but maybe it was the actual Porky Pig VO. I don't know. I want to say, were voice actors in the back in the day like treated like like f- like do they have fandoms like the way our modern day voice actors do? Like everyone wants like creams their pants over like Matt Mercer and Troy Baker and all that stuff. Like everyone wants to date them and they draw fan art of them. Did anyone do that for the guy who voiced Porky Pig? 
Was it the same guy who like did all those characters? Like Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig? Like the same guy? So I have the power of Google right now. I'm gonna look this up. Who's the, who is who is the voice of Porky Pig? Mel Blanc. Well, there's a lot of people who did voice who did Porky Pig. Mel Blanc seems to be the primary guy. There's Mel Blanc, Bob Burgeon, and Joe Doherty. They all did Porky Pig. Now Mel Blanc, he's a famous man. Mel Blanc, I think, yeah, this is the guy who did all of them. Mel Blanc, he did Bugs Bunny. I knew, I knew, I knew there was one guy there. I, I think. Let's see. Mel Blanc did. Uh, um, where the fuck's his voice credits? They trying to take him away from him? Do I sense another strike coming here? Mel Blanc, where's your IMDb page at, pal? Let's see. Well, we had a different guy do him in Space Jam. I guess Mel Blanc was dead. Yeah, he was dead. I think. Yeah, he died. 1989. Rest in peace, Mel Blanc. Can it load his IMDb page from the depths of hell? Does it not exist? There it is. You no. Know, I want to say something. I, I, uh, there's a lot of creepy people nowadays. Um, a lot of people look weird. I, now, obviously, I, I don't think I'm offending anybody because most of the people I'm about to talk about are dead. Um, but, like, a lot of people in, like, the 1940s and 50s, I think you'd even go back further than that, the 20s, the 30s, man, are they, are they creepy looking. There's, like, an almost horror look to them. Uh, like, I'm looking at this picture, of, I'm looking at this picture of Mel Blanc, and I'm just, like, looking at him, like, and, and the way he's looking at me from his IMDb picture, he's looking straight at you in it. It's like those, uh, those portraits where if you move left to right, the eyes follow you. That's kind of what this Mel, Miss Mel Blanc, yeah, they're following me. So, that, that, so because of that, it's an, an, extra, an extra added element of survival horror. But like, like people like looked creepy back then. I mean, I, I'm talking. I mean, I, I'll even go as far back as like 1700, 1800s. You know, like, do you ever look at those like colorized pictures from like the 20s, or they colorized like the kids at the watering hole or the swimming hole or or whatever? They all look like hardened criminals. All of them. I get life was hard back then. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying I could live in their shoes. I probably would die. I probably would die. I'm a pampered. I'm a pale, pampered man. Uh, but like, like they look like they will fucking kill you. Like you. I mean, these are the kinds of people who used to watch Porky Pig. So I mean, but yeah, no. This picture of Mel Blanc. He looks like a painting that would be on the wall in a mansion, a haunted mansion. And the eyes would fall. I mean, and that's a classic Looney Tunes trope, isn't it? Classic Scooby-Doo. Classic horror trope. The painting with the eyes. I'm glad that kind of died out. You know? You don't see any, like, James Wan movies and, you know, the painting with the eyes move. That must have been really scary back then. Think about all the different, like, p- things that we know today that maybe are, aren't used anymore or have been overused. Think about when they were first invented, like the eyes in the painting. Some guy, a genius. I think it's fair to label this man as a genius. Sat down and 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 tried to think about what's scary. I mean, I think the origins of horror is just the big rooms of a bunch of men. Back then, they were smoking since they were 10, so they're all raspy. Talking about what is scary, you know, what scares people. Back then, you had the lagoon monsters and stuff. Like, that was frightening back then. Today, I think you could just make a horror movie about student loans and you scare people. But back then, like, lagoon monsters, these things are frightening. Lagoon monsters, smog, you know. The people who invented horror. 
the horror tropes, the things that, you know, genius. They're geniuses. But yeah, no, Mel Blanc's scary. Um, but uh, I'd love to, I'd love to like go back in time and like, I, I think the culture around voice actors today is, is, is healthy for them. It's healthy for everybody. I think it's cool to, to uh, uh, like love the people doing the voice work for these things, be, you know, and, and that give them character, that give them life. That's why I always love seeing people at like conventions and, and seeing the attention they get and they get to go and meet fans and, you know, it's a different way of acting rather than being right in the spotlight, you know, but your voice is front and center in some of the biggest pieces of entertainment nowadays, you know, the video games and, and anime even, you know, anime is a little smaller still, but, you know, a lot of these voice actors cross the streams, you know, they go from anime to video games to video games to anime, so seeing them get that spotlight that an actor would get, albeit amongst a smaller crowd, is healthy, I think, I think it's cool, um, I think it's neat to, to see Matt Mercer get crowds of people around him and Troy Baker and Nolan North. I think it would be cool though to go back in time and create a, a like a, a Looney Tunes convention where all the people can go and get their stuff signed by Mel Blanc. Uh you know. I wonder what year Comic Con. What year did Comic Con come out? Let's see. Comic Con Origins is my Google search. Comic Con Origins. It began in nineteen seventy. So that was nineteen years before Mel Blanc died. Maybe Mel Blanc showed up at the first Comic Con. Okay, let's Google. Was Mel Blanc at the first Comic-Con? Ah, I think he might have been. I think he might have been. See, this This is the learning episode. Uh, history and organization. The convention was founded by blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, what? Tell me who's there. Come on, Wikipedia. Um... Jesus Christ, is it going to tell me who was there or what? Um, I... Oh, so they have the official guests. So Comic-Con was obviously not as big. Wow, think about this. This is really... In okay, this is interesting. Sorry, this is probably not the, the episode you want to listen to, really, or you planned on listening to. The very first Comic-Con had 145 people in attendance. Uh, we fast forward time to the Comic Con of 2015. I guess they don't have the attendee number up for 2016, or the guy updating his Wikipedia article fell asleep at the wheel. 2015 had 167,000 people. Look at the amount of guests who were at the first Comic Con ever. Two people. <laughs> there were two people at it. Oh, then we had the next one. They had one later in the year, August of 1970. They had uh, one, two, three, four, five people at it. What? Was Mel? I just want to know if Mel Blanc was at any of these before he died. I'm curious. Where? There he is. He was at the 1976 Comic Con. So yeah, I would say there was culture around voice actors back then. I guess maybe this is it. Someone should do a documentary about this. The convention documentary. You know, because now you got conventions for everything. You know, if you're a fury, there's a convention for it. It's weird. But anyway, since we're on the subject of anime, uh, you know, I, I've been watching uh, this season. This season of anime has been pretty good. Uh, this is the anime portion of the Bill Solo episode. I'm sorry if uh, people aren't down with that. 
Um, but maybe you'll educate yourself. Check out some of these shows. I think you'll like it. I think one in particular that's airing this season is the second season of My Hero Academia. I, I think this is an anime that even if you don't like anime, you could enjoy. Because everyone loves superheroes nowadays. Everyone's on the superhero train. Everyone saw that Thor teaser and was like, oh, fuck yeah. Everybody. Doctors, nurses. People came out of the grave and saw it. Like, holy shit, Kate Blanche is hot. You know, and they died again, but they'll be back. They'll be back for the release of that movie. Uh, everyone's in love with superheroes right now. So, and My Hero Academia isn't just like a super anime superhero show, like you know, where everyone's got you know big boobies and stuff, and they're you know, doing crazy moves with beams and space aliens, uh, and then they got mechs. This is more of a take on like you know the way the United States has superheroes. It's a, it's their it's their version of like the 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 American comic, and draws a lot of influence from uh, the classics that we know and love. So it's very recognizable in style uh, to to the things that just the general public has fallen in love with over the last decade of superhero movies. So I think, you know, even though one might be averse to anime and might be like, well, that's weird. The people who like that are weird. I think My Hero Academia has a lot to love. I think especially in today's climate, Everyone's so angry all the fucking time. Everyone's yelling at each other about stuff. Everyone's crying. Everyone's sad about something. You know, every, you go on Twitter and everyone's angry at somebody. Um, you know, and it's hurting people deep down inside. Everyone's heart's turning to coal. You know, this is the coal heart era. You know, it's, it's an era that's dark. But um, uh, I think My Hero Academia can solve that. I think My Hero Academia has the power to, uh, to solve the coal heart era. And bring everybody back to life. Turn their hearts back into a, a nice big gummy. A big fruity gummy. Because uh, season two has been hype so far. The show is super fun. Uh, it's, it's a world where everybody has these things called quirks. Which are their superpowers. And the story follows a boy uh, named Deku who wasn't born with one. As he finds out later in life. And he has to cope with that. And, and how does he live in a world of superheroes without a superpower? And I'm not going to spoil anything specific, but the show was super good. Season 2 is living up to the expectations set for Season 1. It's just such a joy to watch this week to week. Makes you feel like, you, like you're just goddamn champion every time you watch it. Uh, another uh, sequel that's airing this season is Attack on Titan. And this one I will talk a little bit more about. Because Attack on Titan is like the, one of the biggest things in the world right now in, in anime. Uh, everyone fell in love with this thing. And it's hard not to. I think it has one of the best first episodes in anime ever. I think it introduces its concept very well from the get-go of season one. And, you know, it intrigues you. Like, whoa, what is this world? And it's and it's scary and it's violent and, and it's horrific. It, you know, and it, but, it, but it presents a really intriguing world. And, you know, it, it got as popular as it did for a reason. Um and I think season one had some pacing issues. I, I really enjoyed season one, but I, I think there were some lulls in it where I'm like, I'm losing interest in this because I'm not, sh you know, whatever. Uh, season two is airing this this season after four years of waiting. Uh, we're only getting 12 episodes this season, which is kind of a bummer. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain about that too much because what we are getting, and I haven't read the manga, so, you know, I don't know what's coming. Uh, the uh, what we are getting, I think, is very... I've, I've seen some complaints about Season 2 of Attack on Titan saying, oh, nothing's happened yet. I think by saying nothing's happened yet, I think you're wrong. I, I think maybe nothing has happened in the way of what, we're, what we've come to expect from Season 1 where people are just flipping and sipping around with their little wire suits slashing the necks of Titans. There's not as much fighting, but I think the things that we've been presented with have painted a pretty intriguing mystery for season two. You know, we're dealing with stuff like the origins of the Titans and, and we're being introduced to some really mysterious figures and some really creepy imagery and, and very, 
and things with like a cult and like the origins of the wall all of this stuff is super super interesting and, I, and i'm way more interested in what they're throwing at me uh what they're putting on the table here for season two than i was season one uh, you know over time i you know i'm getting that feeling i got when i first watched the first episode of attack on titan like wow what is this uh, season two starting to answer some questions so far. So I, I think the people complaining and nothing has been happening are, very, are wrong. Uh, I think if you're looking for a certain thing, and maybe, but I, I've been pretty satisfied with it. Uh, I think it also has one of the best ending themes this season. I, I love the imagery that it's presenting with this, the disturbing paintings depicting these cults with blood on their face and all this carnage and these titans rising from the ocean with this really creepy song. Uh, it really sets the tone after you finish an episode. I love it. I'm really enjoying Attack on Titan Season 2 uh, so far. Uh, the other anime that I'm watching this season is called Recreators. This one is the high... I'm, I think... I mean, My Hero Academia will stand tall number one, but if like th- that didn't exist, like, this is the best of the season. Recreators is is a lot of fun. Recreators is basically a world where this this kid's favorite anime characters show up in the real world. Like There's some rift in like time and space where they are summoned into the real world and nobody knows why or nobody knows you know what 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 the hell the reason is so you get this cool interplay of like a fish out of water situation that you typically get from an anime that presents a story of a boy who gets transported to a fantasy world or you know we've seen a lot of those uh, you know over the last however many years We've gotten a lot of like, oh, a boy in his tracksuit gets transported to fantasy land, or you know, a girl. You go back to Inuyasha, a girl in a schoolgirl uniform falls in a hole, and she's in the feudal Japan. You know, we, we've gotten a lot of stuff like that. Uh, you know, people getting trapped in in a, in a place that they don't belong. So you get a lot of interactions that are comedic in a way uh, that involve like, what's this magical device? And it's just like a fucking blender or something. You know. Um, haha comedy extraordinaires uh, but you know this kind of presents a story in the same way only it's taking it reverse you know instead of the this human being transported to an anime land or a fantasy land or a game land or wherever the fuck he's gonna go in his stupid adidas uh we get the reverse we get these anime characters ripped out of their respective worlds where all they know is that is the conflict that their show presents uh and put into modern society and and to try to find their creators, which are the people writing the show. And what's really interesting so far, I've only seen the first two episodes, is we, we get a really nice glimpse at maybe what the show will be about in terms of, like, you know, these characters def- eventually have an end, uh, I would assume, you know? Like, these shows, unless you're Naruto, unless Naruto's showing up at some point, these shows will eventually have an ending, you know? And, and everything they do is dictated by another person, you know? Almost like a, a go- like, you know, they're, they're gods, in a way, but really it's just like some fat dude writing an anime. Uh, but everything they do is dictated by what he writes on the page, you know, usually. So I I assume we'll get some existential stuff thrown at us in Recreators amongst the flashy uh, scenes of seeing anime people fighting in, in Shibuya or something. Um, but that's a lot of fun. The music is done by, ah, uh, shit, I forget how, Sawano is his last name. He's done the music for Titan, Guilty Crown, um, Kill a Kill... Xenoblade Chronicles X. The dude's music is all over anime and video games right now. He's one of the most popular composers. Stuff always, you know, never fails to get people hyped. And I believe there's some people on the staff. I think the guy who created Black Lagoon is on this, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not Googling that information. I'm just going to pretend that's fact if it's not. Um, so there's some interesting people on staff here, and it's, it's a lot of fun so far. I'm really enjoying the thing. 
Uh, it's worth checking out. Um, so that's been my anime segment for now. Um, I don't think I've been watching any more anime. Uh, season 3 of Fargo started. That's really good. If you haven't seen Fargo, what are you doing with your, with your life? Both the movie and the TV series. I'm not going to go in detail with Fargo, but it's just one of the best things on TV. Watch the goddamn show. Season 3 is really great. It has Ian McGregor playing two brothers. Uh, and it's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. So, I mean, I, I just want to you know, know. Because you never know these days. You know, life is an interesting thing. It throws a lot of interesting things at you. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Are you listening to this? Like, there's no way for me to know. Like, when I look at the... the um, the uh, analytics for every episode. I get numbers. I, I see the numbers. I see the amount of people listening. I could see the spikes. I can see the amount of people subscribed to this podcast. But there's no way for me to tell if one of them is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And the funny thing about the internet is it's very easy to just stumble upon something. You know, it's very easy for me to tweet something out about, say, Fargo, or maybe a hashtag about the Boston Bruins or the Celtics. Or the Baltimore Orioles. And maybe maybe on a particular Sunday afternoon, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is browsing that Boston Bruins hashtag. She's a Bruins fan. I don't know if she is, but, you know, the world's, the world's small. A lot of Bruins fans out there. Mary Elizabeth Winstead might be one of them. And if she is, I'm sorry they lost today. It's a bummer. I'm sad too. But, you know, let's say she's browsing this hashtag. And she sees one of my tweets that says, like, these refs fucking suck. And she's like, I agree with this guy. This hot dog man. My Twitter avatar is a hot dog. Me and a hot dog. I agree with this hot dog man. And she clicks my name and she's like, oh, he hosts a podcast. She clicks on Mixed Pixel and starts listening to it. Like, I agree with this hot dog man about just about everything. I agree with him ab- about the Persona save issue. I agree with him ab- about um, Yakuza 0 being one of the greatest games made this year. I, I agree with him about all these things. And, uh, you know, she's a listener now. So I just want to say, Mary... If it's okay, I have to call you that instead of Miss Winstead. Mary, uh, I loved you in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I think you're doing really great in Fargo. Uh, you fit in really well with that setting. You got the accent nailed down really well. Your character has a great dynamic. Um, your show's great. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're not listening, if I'm just talking to nobody right now, if you, uh, or if, if you, oh, let's say her agent. If any of you guys are Mary Elizabeth Winstead or if you have a direct line to Mary Elizabeth Winstead, please deliver this message to her. Um, it's very important to me. Uh, there's, there are things, uh, there are, there are fewer things more important to me than this right now. Uh, fewer things, but, uh, yeah, what else? What else? You know, not much. I mean, I'm watching a lot of shows always. Uh, did I watch any movies lately? I watched Split, uh, with, uh, James McAvoy. Is that his name? James McAvoy? He must have had a lot of fun making that movie. That's all I'm going to say about that movie. I ate some pizza while I was watching it. I'll tell you right now. You know, you can't really beat a movie and a pizza. I mean, come on. And Mary, if you're, listening, if you're still listening to this, Mary, it's really hard to beat movie and a pizza. So if you're listening, please, you know, let me know. We'll get a movie and a pizza. Fucking great, right? Sometimes I like to put um, weird things in my pizza. Maybe not weird things to you, Mary. You might be like me. Sometimes if I'm ordering from Domino's, I'll, I will strip off the tomato sauce completely. Not by hand. I'll have them do it at the store. I, I don't, I'm not a madman. I've, I've seen some mad folks take their pizza apart at a high school. Now, this is when I was in high school. Now, I don't go to them now and watch people do this. When I was in high school, I would watch some mad folks, okay, rip the cheese off of their pizza and dab the sauce off and then lay the cheese back on. I mean, they basically are for, forging a cheesy bread. 
But I've seen these mad people do this. And, and like, I never asked them because I was a shy kid in high school and every school that I was ever in uh, back then. Uh, not implying that today I'm a lot less shy at a school. I, I don't go to any schools anymore. Stop getting that, get that idea out of your head. Okay. But I've seen mad people do this. And, uh, you know, this is uh, not like mad like a mad. I mean, like these people are mad in the head. Um, but no, yeah, I have Domino's, dude. I'll, I'll get the tomato sauce. Just, I, w- I don't want that. And I'll get barbecue sauce and chicken on it. I'll get a barbecue chicken pizza. Uh, so, Mary, if you're into that, that sounds like something you'd eat in Fargo. Um, eh, a barbecue chicken pizza. That's how they talk in Fargo. Uh, we can get one of those. We go, maybe, maybe we can watch the original Fargo together. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm sure you have. You're well versed in film. You're in a lot of films. But, um, yeah, pass this along to Mary, uh, if you know her. And if you're listening, Mary, ignore that part. Um, anyway, uh, this has been the Mixed Pixel Podcast. I'm done talking for today. Um... I hope you guys are all having a great day. Uh, if this episode piqued your interest, if you liked this episode, let let us know because I don't think anyone should. Uh, you know, if if you were listening the whole time waiting for someone else to show up, like, oh man, this joke's got to end at some point. You know, at, at some point, you know, the the jig is up that he's actually alone. Like, no, I'm pretty alone right now in my room doing this. Um, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at a mixed pixel. You can follow me on Twitter at Peppered Ham. My hosts. All right, look at my head. That's Jose. You can find Rob at Team's Shittiest Sniper. Team's Third Sniper. Sorry, I read it wrong. Uh, and you could uh, tweet us and let us know what you think of the show. You can also find the podcast at mixpixel.podcast.co. You can also find us on iTunes or Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcasts from. You could find the Pixels, Mixon and Dixon and D- Daryl Dixon and Daryl D- Liner. I don't know who these names are anymore. Daryl Liner is not a real person. If one of our listeners is named Daryl Liner, uh, let me know. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll send you a package. We'll send you a um, a, a care a care box um, with some goodies in it. One of my old TV remotes from a TV. I don't know it doesn't exist anymore. I'm looking right at it. Don't know why I still have that remote. That TV hasn't been in this house probably since 2004. Still have the remote. Anyway, uh, keep um, keep on living your life with the pixels, baby. That's my new sign off. Don't die tomorrow, because we'll have an episode next week.